Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore, and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy! Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Mark, and joining me today, we got uh, from the Discord. I'll let you pronounce your Discord name. My Discord name is Matramagram. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Beautiful. It really just rolls off the tongue. It really does, yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Uh, first Thank you. It's great here. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We actually just read your lore about uh, the Space Wolf and the Orc. So we'll we'll talk about that after we read this guy's lore. So uh, if you guys want to hear his feedback on his story, we'll get to that eventually here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this uh, lore is written by Caleb. I finally remembered to write down the author's name. And the lore is House Tempestista. Tempesta. House Tempesta. Yeah, that all right. Yeah. On the beginning, he has like a nice like uh, lexicanum style graph and it's got laid out like house, home world, you know, all these kind of things. So I'll read through them. So the house is Tempesta, home world, uh, Porcelia in the segmentum, segmentum Obscurus, Allegion, unknown, motto, Ancestriosis Tempestiatis or Riders of the Storm. And yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how you say all that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Symbol, Avis Fulguri. Golden Aquila with lightning bolts. Colors, dark gray, deep blue with white lightning bolts, green trim. Oh, cool. Strength, 45 night suits, local militia of 100,000 men. That's quite a lineup. Yeah. I do, as much as I butcher saying all those names, I do like like the high gothic version and then the low gothic and 
Yeah, I don't know enough about high gothic, so I tried to keep, at least in my story, just kind of make it sound fancy. But no, yeah. this is definitely way more impressive. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, if you want to start off reading the homeworld and then we'll just jump oh, back. I would love to start off. Homeworld, the stormy tropical world of Priscilla was first inhabited in M28. It was established as an agri-world due to its warm, humid climate, making it perfect for the growing of rice. However, regular storms interrupted production, and a nighthouse, House Tempesta, was created to defend against the local fauna that lived within these storms. Known as Avis Fulgiris, birds of lightning, they were large birds with a wingspan of over 25 feet. They were named for their most notable adaptation, specialized membranes in the wings which could absorb lightning strikes. Rare alloys in the birds' skeletons then channeled the lightning into their claws, marking them similar to power swords. This particular ability was first discovered when Altocumulus Curanus, the pilot of Steropis pattern Knight Magera Ira Fulgiri fired his <laughs> lightning cannon at an attacking bird. Kiranus was given a place of honor in the house mausoleum. Man, that's already very cool. These like uh fucking lightning birds. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of those um I don't remember the name of them, but those like Native American like thunderbirds. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. These just big, huge birds. Um I like that their bones are made of metal to some degree, but <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it definitely like seems plausible. Uh, yeah, man, it's 40 K. I'm, I'm not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Ritual of becoming and house ranks. The stormy weather of Porcelia, which gave house Tempest Tempesta its name is believed to have affected the machine spirits of the Knights altering their behavior and culture to become fixated on the storms. In order to be deemed worthy of receiving a knight, applicants, anyone is allowed to join the house, must venture into one of Priscilla's many storms, with only their clothes and two weapons of their choice, to survive for at least a fortnight. Once they return, the applicant is given a knight suit. The pattern depends on the performance in the, part of the, in the first part of the trial, and must fight an avius Fulgera, while bonding with the knight's machine spirit. Every 10 years or so, Priscilla is visited by a megastorm, which signals the choosing of new of a new uh, Columbus. Columbus, sure. Anyone who wished to take part and go into the storm, the knight students. Whoever, was kill whoever has killed the most Avias Fulgaris while the storm dissipates is proclaimed as the Columbanius, who then assigns ranks to the other competitors. The ranks of House Tempestus are as follows. Columbanius, leader of the House Tempestus, Tempestusa, the Thundercloud. Altio cum Lumius, three knights chosen as uh, cum Luniumbius Retrodu, named after the cloud with which heralds the storm. Nimbos Trasius, knightly barons, typically command of ten or other knights, rain clouds. Ultrostratus, under the command of Nimbostrati, the command of 
Come Luniae. Come Julius. <laughs> Only made up of agris pattern knights. At least one Cumlunius per Altostratius. Cumlunius clouds often form with Altostratius clouds. Cyrus Metilius. Soldiers of the militia of Porcelia, still considered part of house despite their lack of night suits. Small, wispy clouds. At its height, House Tempestus, Tempesta, considered, consisted of the, what is this word? Can you read it? Uh, cumulonimbus is what it looks like. Cumulonimbus. Okay. Consisted of the Cumulonimbus and his ultra cumuli and 50, this is, this is crazy. This is absurd. I like <laughs> <laughs> Nimbriosi, who led around 80 ultrostrati and over 100 cumulii at the time of the serious. I feel like I'm not even reading words now. And that I totally understand that. That's crazy. Counted almost a million soldiers. Now, House Tempesta has been reduced to the Calumia bit Numia. <laughs> I'm not reading any more of this. They got some guys in there. There's some ranks and stuff, uh, but they used to have more, and now it's been reduced to 100,000. There's uh, some spark notes for you. Yeah, there you go. I'm sweating. I used to think the 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 whole Mark can't read thing were just jokes. Yeah, no, that one, that one I think definitely hurt a couple of my brain cells for sure. Um I do always like a strong theme in an army, and I like all the cloud themes, but goddamn, does it make me feel stupid. <laughs> all right, you want to carry on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll carry on. Destruction of the Priscilla in the Cloudless Night. In, in M29, when the Eye of Terror opened, the storms on Priscilla became more violent imbued with warp energies with communication restricted a small task force of 15 knights one nimbostratus one altostrati and their cumuli was sent into a warp storm while another larger group was tasked with getting out of the storms to send out a call for help those knights who went into the storm were twisted by the forces of chaos and forced into the worship of Sneech. This force then returned to Priscilla at the head of an army of Sneechian daemons. Within a year, House Tempesta had been destroyed, with all those who had remained on Priscilla being killed or fallen to Sneech. Meanwhile, the other group found a Luna Wolves fleet. The Astartes agreed to go to Priscilla, but found only a warp storm where the planet had been. This marked the beginning of a 10-millennium-long cloudless night. The few survivors of House Tempesta, numbering around 20 knights, spent the next millennium with a Great Crusade fleet, aiding in several minor engagements across the galaxy. When the heresy was revealed, the remnants of House Tempesta remained loyal and fled to join an Imperial Fist's fleet. On the way to the Siege of Terror, Terra, the ships of House Tempesta left the Astartes to visit Priscilla. When they rejoined the fleet after the second founding, the Imperial Fists had been designated as Black Templars. 
House Tempesta aided them on their crusade, before a warp storm separated them. Thinking them lost, the Black Templars continued on their crusade. Several decades later, House Tempesta reemerged, aiding a regiment of Astra Militarum in a small skirmish in the Segmentum Pacificus. The knights settled on the world they had helped to take for a while, before another warp storm destroyed the world and absorbed the knight fleet. Over the next millennia, the knights of House Tempesta repeatedly resurfaced, often to aid Imperium forces, before disappearing into a warp storm soon after. This led to those who knew of them referring to House Tempesta as the Storm Riders. For the knights, this time was known as the Cloudless Night, as they did not experience the storms they were accustomed to on Priscilla. Interesting. I kind of like how this lore is unfolding with the two two different version of the cloud and the way they manifest like yeah so we have the storms on the planet but now they're also like popping in and out of warp storms and like that cloudy mist and you know right right yeah i like it the end of cloudless night and the dawn of storms cloudless night ended in 956 m41 after nimbro stratus alia uncovered an artifact on the world in the Ultima Segmentum while fighting Necron of the Sarzak dynasty. Later revealed to be a chunk of Nectricit. Nectricius. What are these words? This this is Noctilith. Noctilith. Sure. You have a great reading voice. I think you should take over listening lore and I should just like (laughs) bring a chicken farmer. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll put up a poll on Discord <laughs> here. Uh, be gentle, but. <laughs> be this... gentle to poor Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this artifact was discovered to hold back the warp to a limited extent. Around this time, Columbunius <laughs> Caffaria received a vision believed to be the form of the god emperor, telling her that it was time for House Tempesta to return to Parcelia. The fleet left the Ultima Segmentum and set off for, set off for Priscilla, accompanied by a few ships of the Crimson Fist chapter. When they approached Priscilla, the warp storms around the planet parted slightly, <coughs> allowing an advanced scout group carrying the artifact to make planetfall. Priscilla was finally re- resettled in 968 M41, over 10 millennia after it was abandoned. The cloudless night ended, and the dawn of storms began. Several issues faced House Tempesta. Upon it, they returned to Priscilla. Chief among these was the fact that millennia of warp storms had tainted the once-flourishing rice fields of the planet, and groups of demons wandered across the world. The artifact, known as the Eye of the Storm, aided the knights as they drove back to the demonic threat and made efforts to restore their world. Their task was made all the more difficult at the end of N41, when the 13th Black Crusade succeeded in destroying Cadia and opening the Cicadix Maledictum. The Procelia system is constantly affected by small warp storms, occasionally spewing out demons and preventing all but the most skilled pilots from entering the exist or entering or exiting the system. With transit effectively blocked, except for short calm patches amongst the storms, House Tempesta is now a failing house. There are only two tech marines to repair a knight suits, and the demonic a- attacks constantly hamper restoration effects. 
Once again, House Tempesta has sent a small fleet to call for aid, though help seems unlikely as the rest of the Imperium has bigger things to worry about. Cool. Wow, what a story. I really liked it. There's a lot of different, like, cool little elements, and uh, yeah, I wrote some notes. <laughs> Even that's how I liked it. <laughs> Didn't um, do that for my story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I I always wonder how some people come to uh, their numbers on things. Like this guy specifically chose forty five night suits. When I was like trying to determine my size of night house, it was hard to determine. Like they didn't really like space marines. We know they have a thousand of them in a chapter, easy. Right. But knights don't work that same way. I'd love to hear how he got to forty-five. It's just because it's a failing house, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's it it is especially in Warhammer. You know, numbers are always a fickle thing. Yeah, I've come yeah. to learn. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to put too much emphasis on it, but like also at the same time, you know, I want to I want to be lore accurate. <laughs> exactly. Uh the rice, that was funny and I like that it came back in the end. Um Yeah, it's a very nice like one of those like s small details that just like really yeah. help flesh out the story. Yeah, like I, he just painted a very good picture of this little angry world, you know. It's yeah. nice cute, warm, humid. You can picture the rice fields perfectly. Yeah, very nice, very sprawling until they weren't. <laughs> until they weren't, but and now they're like demon rice or some shit. Like that is that's <laughs> something I gotta see artwork of. <laughs> sometimes you harvest it and sometimes it harvests you. <laughs> Can only imagine. <laughs> I think my favorite part about this lore is definitely those birds of lightning and like Yeah, yeah. You know, there's just something so cool about giant robots fighting giant monsters. <laughs> I mean, it's it, Japan's pretty much had that in the bag for a hundred years. Exactly, they got it nailed. Um, yeah, and I like this very specific way and the way they deal with it. And that first guy who kind of fought one was pretty cool little story too. Yeah, it it kind of gives you the idea of like maybe this guy like became a legend to even the knights themselves you know maybe the people of the world that kind of thing you know yeah 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 i would read a story about him or a mythos story like about him you know this yeah, like a that, nice uh, myth or a uh, legend yeah the story that the fathers tell the children to inspire them or whatever yeah i would love that kind of stuff yeah Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, my next note was, I loved all the little random 40K stuff. Like, uh, he came up with some own, his own night patterns that sounded like, what are those? But they sound like they fit, you know, it, it, it felt nice. Yeah, like maybe it's not like taken from any existing lore, but it's like it's still lore accurate. Yeah, yeah. He did a very good job of like just kind of keeping it like that. Um, I would be interesting like to hear if the knight stereopis and he had one other one, if he actually had like models that he did, like what makes them different. I was just about to say that too. Like if this guy has any models based around the story painted or if he's planning on doing it. Yeah. Are they bigger? Do they have like lightning coils on them for like grounding purposes or like what's kind of the vibe? Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like I liked all of it. I only had two critiques. One was there was a lot of just like kind of I felt like I was reading the same word over and over. And I got this same critique when I did like my Imperial Nighthouse where I had like my men at arms and then my veteran at arms. And I just kept I, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know, and eventually you just break words. <laughs> so that was one. And then the other one was it was more just I would have liked to see a little bit more of the trial fleshed out. So you get these applicants and they go out into the storm and they're given two weapons. Um, what other like elements are out there? So they have to survive the lightning, but weapons aren't going to help them do that. And then they have to kill like this giant lightning bird. So I wonder, like, I don't know, they just, I would like to see a touch more. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually like currently listening to the Militarum Tempestus episode yeah. and hearing about like all these trials that the, the applicants have to go through where they have to like, you know, they got to learn like brutality and like they get their mind <laughs> wiped and, you know, you got to kill your buddy if they say so, <laughs> just because. Yeah, like that. That is a lot of detail. It's very I mean, you don't have to go like super brutal, you know, not everything. And Warhammer yeah. has to be as brutal as it can be. But it would be it would definitely be nice to see it fleshed out, you know, explained a little bit more. Yeah, because he describes this world as like uh a warm, humid climate. So it's not like they're going out into the cold tundra and have to survive. It's just don't get struck by lightning, which is like, you can't control that. And then fighting a lightning bird, which like, maybe they have like these super long rifles that they use. Like, I would just like that one detail where it's like, yeah. Right. That seems like it'd be very difficult too, because they got a wingspan of 25 feet. Yeah, so I'm like, are they... 
are they fighting them with swords and bows and arrows like or like what kind of that's a good point like what kind of like techno not technology level is this world like is it like a medieval technology level is it like a more modern to us era or is it mm. like like 40k modern maybe not 40k because this starts in m28 but like <laughs> yeah i think that's still fair considering how stagnant technology is once it hits like 30k <laughs> yeah exactly then it gets pretty dogmatic yeah it's kind of <laughs> like oh well everything we have was made by the emperor and the emperor is perfect and amazing so why would you change anything yeah the emperor is the science <laughs> yeah oh overall i really enjoyed this lore like you put a couple really cool like visuals in my mind um yeah i like you came up with like a good reason to be like on a planet kind of constantly battling I also like that you chose to do a house that was on the downward spiral. Like, you know, I, I want to root for the underdog. I don't need to hear about Mary Sue chapters and stuff. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, I personally liked how it kind of reads like a uh, like a textbook, especially with like all of these, like the cumulonimbus and the alto cumuli and the nimbostrati <laughs> and the... Like it, it definitely feels it, it can be a little overwhelming just because um a lot a lot of them are just put so closely together. But having them in the story itself isn't isn't an issue. Yeah. But yeah, it does yeah. it does feel like you're kinda stuck at school reading a uh like a textbook or something. And if that's what you're going for, that's like perfectly okay, you know? Yeah. Well, like when when I when people read in their head, they get the gist and they can kind of just skip over the words even, you know, so it reads yeah, yeah. smoother than like it says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's read internally better than outward. Yeah. <laughs> like externally. Yeah. Um, do you have any other feedback about this story? Huh. You know, not that I could think. I mean, there's just, you know, part in the beginning where it's like a bullet list which kind of feels out of to me it feels a little out of place i feel you could still have the list but to have it just be like a random bullet list just kind of feels a little bit strange to me i don't that could just be me though i i see what you're saying especially since the rest of like the paragraphs are kind of like destruction of persia and the cloudless night like it's very like narrative like you know to 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 go into the history and then to just jump into bullet points i can see what you're kind of saying yeah although you know if this was like designed to be read aloud then it's more forgivable yeah <laughs> yeah um i think i think what's racing with my mind now is yeah i definitely want to hear feedback about the 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 night suits and what's special about them i'd like to hear a little bit more about the trials um cuz yeah that could be cool like Maybe they they maybe they have to steal an egg. Maybe that's a little more reasonable. That would you know? ooh, that's a good idea. A nice, a nice like, Thunderbird omelet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of options there, and that's that's kind of the thing. Like my mind races with options, and I like that. Yeah, good stories always want you wanting more. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Caleb, for writing. Uh, let's talk about uh, your story that you wrote, because it was pretty cool. Um, you wrote, it was, what was it called? Altarius Alphase, The Green Marine. 
Yeah, and basically it was a story of, of a space wolf who got captured by orcs and eventually kind of didn't side with them, but definitely fought beside them. Yes, that, that's about correct. Uh, eventually, you know, spoiler alert, but I do eventually want him to be, like, fully allied with the orcs. Like, so, like, no, like, like, Stockholm or any kind of, like just kind of biding his time i i do just like like the idea of him joining these orcs fully because you know you see all the time like all these orcs join like chaos or whatever and i and i just thought to myself hey i mean you know if you got all these marines join the chaos left and right who's to say there's not at least one out there that will join like the orcs or the tau or the eldar Yeah, I've always thought, like, there has to be a chapter of Tau Space Marine out there. There has to be. That would be so cool. Imagine Space Marines with, like, the Tau, like, battle armor. Yeah, fucking... Like, color schemes. And, like, oh, yeah. Um, I've talked about it before, but have you ever heard of the Dorian Heresy? I actually have not. I've heard you guys mention it on the podcast a few times, but I haven't mm-hmm. really uh, taken the time to research it for myself. They have like, it's like an alternate universe, like a what if scenario. And basically it's what if Dorne turned traitor. So, you know, it's all these what if scenarios about all the Primarchs and the Ultramarines basically do side with the Tau in this. And uh, they get all this sweet, like sleek power armor and like battle suits. And uh, it's definitely worth a Google image picture. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely I'm going to look that right up right now yeah um while we're doing this <laughs> yeah of course uh i i liked in your story like uh the gladiator pit especially like i could just see him in there like just crushing enemies and just down in alcohol and like just loving it <laughs> yeah i very much wanted to like uh hammer in the idea that these orcs just live to fight i mean they, I mean, that's kind of already what orcs do, but I, I, I wanted to try and make it a little bit distinct from regular orcs, because, you know, I don't. It's not like impossible, but I don't really imagine most orcs having like a whole gladiator arena. I feel like they're not that like organized. They yeah. probably just end up fighting each other in the bar, or, like you know, <laughs> in the park, or what, wherever. Yeah, or if there was a gladiator arena, it wouldn't be like there wouldn't be a champion. Like they it wouldn't be fair fights. It'd be like the champion versus a fucking like Titan or something. Like just Yeah. You know, there wouldn't be that kind of consistent buildup. But uh, uh with the beast snaggers, like yeah, like they're already taming creatures and kind of doing that, it kind of works really nice. Yeah, it, a lot of it kind of ended up falling into place for me very much. Because originally I had decided I wanted to, you know, have uh, uh, an orc army. And I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I don't really know a lot about the lore, so I'm just going to get this $25 runt herd box set. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, runt herds are generally part of, like, you know, beast snaga armies. So I guess I'll do a beast snaga army. That sounds fun. <laughs> you just, the, the warp slowly guided you along this path, you know? And you didn't yeah. even know, so you got to the end. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh, I... yeah, because in my lore... Oh, no, go ahead. You first. No, no, you can. You can. Okay, because um, 
the whole plan for my army is that I'm going to pair up with my friend, uh, you know, him uh, and his brother, Jeevan and Jaden, respectively. They, they're the ones that got me into this hobby through painting minis, actually. Nice. Uh, and then I started listening to the podcast while I've been at work. But, you know, me and uh, Jeevan, <clears throat> sorry, are gonna like pair our lore up so at the end of the story uh the high fleet ravana shows up uh, yeah. the tyranid fleet and that is going to be uh his tyranid army Did... so once uh he ends up getting his army put together and i get my army put together we're gonna battle and it's gonna determine our lore very cool. So did he pick that name, High Fleet Ravana, or did you? He did, yes. He yeah. picked that name. Um, so I you know, I figured I'd throw it into the the lore since it's yeah, yeah. kind of supposed to be the introductory to our, you know, our battles. Yeah, yeah. I I I've always liked this idea of like tying your lore together and then especially like leaving it up to the dice to what might happen here. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, like, it could be, like, our first battle, and Altarius could die, like, <laughs> and that's just the end of it. That would suck, but it could happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I would have him be killed off in lore, but I might still use his model just for the sake of it, because, you know, I've got it. Have you ever, like, uh, thought about maybe even doing, like, a after-game role where, you know, on a one to five he's fine and then on a six he's actually dead you know he just got mortally or he just got wounded or something that is actually a good idea i was not yeah. thinking of that but now just i like, will just like a simple mechanic that doesn't actually affect the game it's just purely for your own story purposes and sanity so you don't have to throw away <laughs> yeah. a model after every fucking game <laughs> yeah no i agree that that's a great idea actually um yeah I like it, man. I can't wait to see you, you and your friends build up an army and start rolling dice and fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to share it too. You know, the Discord's been very, you know, accepting and inviting. Even though I might have caused a mini uh, civil war by just simply stating that I like space wolves in the chat. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We got a lot of space wolf haters out here, me included. Um. Yeah, like I, I get why people could like hate it, but the reasons that many people hate it, I love it because I think it's hilarious. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just wolves on wolves and wolves. It's so stupid. It's like I see that and I think it's fucking hilarious. Your hands up and you're like, could we please get a couple more wolves, maybe? <laughs> yes, dude. My friend was, you know, my friend Jeevan was trying to show me how stupid they were by showing me a, I think it was a Horus Heresy upgrade pack. Yeah, where the helmet models were looked like wolf heads, <laughs> yeah. and I was just—he was like, "Look at how stupid this is!" And I pointed <laughs> the screen. I'm like, "This is what they should be by default." <laughs> You're like, "Look, it's already in my shopping cart, guy." Yeah, like the Raven Guard get their Raven heads. You know, they get their beaks. <laughs> Why can't the the Space Wolves get the wolf heads? That's not fair. Yeah, that's not. Hey, yeah, this is discrimination against wolves and wolf kind. Yeah. Well, this whole conversation might have swift might change my whole perspective. You know, I need to open up my yeah. heart. <laughs> I know, I know you're you're a cat guy, 
you know, you've got your cats or whatever, but hey, man, dogs should be cool too. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Holy fuck. I do have two dogs, but they're fucking idiots. And Oh my God, so is mine. He's a little goblin. <laughs> yes. Okay, Okay. Here. here's a challenge out here to people still listening. Um, I would love to read like 40K short stories about pets. Like we have tons of examples of like psychic cats that follow the Eldar or, you know, le- I would like to read a story about something like that. Oh, yeah. Like have a, uh, what what are they called? Gyrix? Yeah. Yeah. Ha- have those be like named after your little cat or whatever. As long yeah. as that cat's name isn't like something stupid like bong water or whatever. <laughs> Another classic could be a day in the life of a Grox. Ooh perfect it's just i love that kind of rocks. like a milo and otis kind of story but with like 40k <laughs> fauna yeah exactly exactly all right get on it people yeah get on it <laughs> thank you for joining me and reading this with me I'm gonna go no problem thank you for having me <laughs> yeah it's fun um yeah, if you guys have lore you want to submit, you can submit to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, don't forget to throw us a dollar um, on Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore. Uh, and if you want to join the show, come join Discord and shoot me a message. Uh, even though Christian's primarily on, he had this week off because there's a Canadian holiday or something. So I can always fill people in. Yeah, like with what I assume is my purpose in being here. Yeah, yeah. I, I did enjoy it. It was nice meeting you for the first time and stuff. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's great. I mean, hey, anybody out there really wants to be on this podcast, I joined the Discord like a week and a half ago. <laughs> and I'm already on here, so. Yeah, it doesn't take much. You, I play the intro where it's like, if you want to submit lore and have it read, give me a dollar. I don't think I've once held to that. <laughs> I just want to hang out with people, you know? Yeah, that's, what, that's the best part about a hobby like this. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we will see you guys all next week. Uh, Adios. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers.